This feels like a much better Monday. It is a great Monday. I am out here at Belmar Golf and Country Club, Norman Regional Healthcare Foundation Golf Tournament. We're out here every year. They raise uh, a lot of money for some very good programs, grants, scholarships. They happen because of this uh, golf tournament that they put together every year here at Belmar. It's a nice-looking fall day and happy to be here with you. And the Sooners got the W over the weekend, Oklahoma Back on track. The train's not, you know, going down the track full steam yet, but at least it's back on track, Parker Thune. And you know what? The offense looks a lot different with number eight back in the lineup, doesn't it? Yeah, imagine that, Steely. The one thing that we've been talking about literally all off season that could really throw a wrench into this team's best laid plans happened, and Dylan Gabriel missed the vast majority of two football games. The Sooners were blown out in both of those football games. Well, you get him back, and to say the Sooners were firing on all cylinders offensively, Saturday is putting it lightly when you look at the total figures, especially in the box score. 701 total yards of offense is a lot of offense, Steely. Yeah, and in the uh, six-plus quarters that Dylan Gabriel didn't play, and uh, Davis Bevel was in there, obviously Nick Ebers played uh, just a little bit, uh, against Texas in the Cotton Bowl, and of course they had uh, the Wildcat in there for a few possessions as well. But Oklahoma in the six-plus quarters where Dylan Gabriel didn't play, they threw the ball for 82 yards. Dylan Gabriel threw for over 400 in the one over Kansas. So it was a nice bounce back for Oklahoma. The bottom line is, Parker, you get some positive vibes in uh, in the locker room, in the coaches' offices, all around that football program, you needed a positive vibe again. If you head into this off week, and again, we now know that Oklahoma will play Iowa State in a rooster kickoff on Fox Sports 1, October 29th in Ames. But if you go into this bye week and you have to sit on another loss and more negativity for 13 days, that's a nightmare. So this was a gigantic victory, obviously, for Oklahoma over the weekend. It was huge, Steely, and we talked about how much this singular game meant heading into the week because there's just a world of difference in terms of how things feel when you head into the bye having snapped a three-game losing skid, sitting at 4-3, versus going into the bye with a 3-4 and four record having lost each of your past four games. So this was a get-right game for Oklahoma, and it wasn't a perfect football game by any means. They actually lost the turnover battle The defense was less than stellar, but a win is a win is a win, and right now you'll take the small victories if you're Oklahoma. And you know what? A a 52-42 victory over Kansas somehow – like, imagine this, Steely. A 52-42 win over Kansas felt so much more convincing and so much more lopsided in 2022 than a 35-23 victory over Kansas did in 2021. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, again, I thought Eric Gray was great. I thought Dylan Gabriel uh, was really good. Obviously, the offense was humming. I think the offensive line is playing at a pretty high level right now. Uh, you know, they, they obviously have the running game going, and I liked uh, the way that Jeff Levy called the game. The defense was better, still not near good enough. Uh, made some plays. I loved uh, Robert Spears Jennings. C.J. Colden had a great pick. Deshaun White 
You know, I know uh, I heard Plank talk about it, and Brent mentioned this, and Deshaun White in the locker room, though, well, I was really kind of out of position, but I was able to knock that ball away. And C.J. Colden didn't have a, the best position on that uh, pass play, you know, where he intercepted the football, which was a great highlight play on Sports Center and all of that. But you know what? He made a play, and there weren't enough guys making plays. So the defense, again, a lot to work on, but, again, you're in the win column, and it appears – you're heading in a at least a better direction right now uh, with the defense also. Well, I still have my concerns about Oklahoma on the defensive side of the football. And oh, again, don't get me wrong. I got, I, there, I've got plenty of concerns too, no doubt. But at least you're not letting guys run wide-ass open, you know, uh, like you were at TCU, and sure. you didn't get manhandled. You know, like you did against Texas. Sure. Hey, uh, shout-out to C.J. Colden, who made the play of his life. That one-handed interception that ended up number one or number two on SportsCenter, I believe. Fantastic play. Highlight of the day for Oklahoma. Deshaun White made a really good coverage play to generate another turnover. The thing for me, Steely, is at some point, this program is going to have to start generating pressure on the quarterback. And they did that a little bit on Saturday. Our Mason Thomas, in particular, was able to put some heat on Jason Bean. But one sack... David Igwebu had the Sooners' lone sack of the day, and that was their first yep. sack since they went up to Lincoln on September 17th. So the sacks are going to have to come back around if Oklahoma's going to play dominant defense or even above-average defense down the stretch, which I think they're going to have to do if they want to have a hope of finishing 8-4, and 9-3, and three in what looks like a very deep and very tough Big 12 as a whole. Yeah, it, as negative as it sounds, I'm still the, the barrier for me right now is get to six wins, get to bowl, uh, you know, get bowl eligible, and then uh, take anything on top of that that you can would be great. And look, every game on this schedule, if Oklahoma plays better, is a winnable game. But if they play like they have, you know, particularly during that three game stretch, every game's losable as well. I, talking about, you know, talking about. Uh, talking out of both sides of your mouth, that's it. I get it. I mean, that's truly the situation they're in. Iowa State is not an offensive juggernaut. So if you play pretty good defense, I mean, you should be able to win that game scoring 35 points, right? And you think if Oklahoma plays well, they can uh, – even Iowa State, you know, is really good defensively. We know that Matt Campbell does a great job. But the Sooners, if they play well and don't turn it over, should be able to hit that mark. Uh, let's hear from Brett Vittables on the Sooner win. Obviously, the smile was back on his face like it was collectively for the OU fan base. Here is Brent talking about the victory over Kansas. A great win for Oklahoma today. They're all really good wins. I know the difference between winning and losing and – and uh, any kind of way, you know, to, to find a way to get a win um, is what it's all about. And um, so I uh, appreciate uh, all the hard work, you know, our, our players and our staff put into, uh, into this week. Uh, like every week, no different on um, what the expectations are, and, uh, but not necessarily an easy thing to do, you know, under the, the circumstances of just disappointment the last few weeks. So really proud of our guys, showed guts and uh, toughness. Um, tremendous resolve. Love the hunger and the fight that our guys showed today as a football team. Thought we complemented each other really pretty well for a good part of the game. And then um, obviously put ourselves in some tough positions uh, as well. Uh, there's a lot that was excellent today. And, uh, and there's plenty uh, that we got to continue to get better at. 
No doubt, but it's a dub for Oklahoma, and right now they just needed a win. I, I don't care if it was you know seven to six or fourteen to thirteen or seventy-seven to nothing, whatever. They just needed a victory, and they needed some positive vibes back in the program, and they got those with the one over KU. All right, our first hour, as always, brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They'll do great work for you. They've been in business now in the Oklahoma City metro area for 15 years with a great reputation, just like Tim had a great reputation as a Sooner kicker, consistent, reliable, Coming through for you in the clutch, same reputation with his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You can call them at 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. And looking at uh, some of the positives, I put Eric Gray, Dylan Gabriel, O-Line, Robert Spears Jennings, C.J. Colden, uh, Gavin Freeman. You know, um, there, there was a lot to like. Which one stood out to you if you have to pick, like, a couple positives out of the game, uh, you know, player or position or whatever? What stood out to you the most? Well, I think there are two guys from the list that you mentioned. By the way, one guy that you didn't mention that it feels like doesn't get mentioned enough, Steely, so I don't fault you for this at all. It, we've just almost Braden come to expect excellence from him. It's Braden yeah. Willis. Man. Yeah, it's like a given. Like, yeah, just put, uh, put Braden Willis on the list already. Yeah, Braden Willis had another ridiculous game. It It, it is what it is. But – no, I would say the two guys from the list that you just rattled off, Steely, that I was really impressed with were Robert Spears Jennings and C.J. Colden. And this goes back to the conversation that we've been having for a couple of weeks here where I, I really do think we're at a point in the season where Oklahoma needs to shuffle the deck in the secondary a little bit because right now you just don't have a ton of answers in the back end. And – it looked like on right. Saturday you might have found an answer at cornerback in C.J. Colden. He's now got two straight games with an interception, and those interceptions aside, he's just been really consistent in his coverage reps. Robert Spears Jennings athletically might be the highest ceiling safety not named Billy Bowman that Oklahoma has on the roster, and he was flying around Saturday. He's got a he, little nasty in him, yeah, too. Yeah, he does, I like man. that. He does, I like and he's it, big. You know? That's a he, big body. That's, that's, a wide, that's a converted wide receiver right there. So – uh, when you're that mm-hmm. big, that athletic, that fast, and can move the way he does, I'm, I've, I've always been intrigued by his skill set at safety, and I wonder whether he starts to factor more significantly into the conversation. Although I will say, with his back against the wall and facing a lot of criticism for his performance over the previous few weeks, as well as his lack of performance on the practice field, I thought Key Lawrence did some really good things on Saturday, too. So yeah, you're going to get Bowman he back did. on the other side of the bye, the question is, who's going to be the other guy at safety besides Bowman? I, I I questioned whether that was Key Lawrence three or four days ago. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse as things stand right now based on what he did Saturday. All right, and, man, Eric Gray is turning in to a tremendous running back for Oklahoma, running the football, making people miss, man, when he has to make that one guy miss. He's been doing it more often than not, a lot more often than not. Really good in the passing game. Eric Gray's having a special year for the Sooners as well. And what an unbelievable college football weekend. That scene in Knoxville was unreal. Josh Heupel, former Sooner, getting a huge victory. First time they've beaten Alabama in their last 15 tries. That was a spectacular game. And then old Muleshoe went down in Salt Lake City. Thank you, Utah Utes. Thank you, Kyle Whittingham, for your tremendous guts. 
to go for two and get the victory right there. I loved it. And yes, we we've got we've got a little something planned for Mule Shoe coming up. Don't you worry, it's it's going to be happening soon. All right, Mike Steele along with Parker Thune. It is Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans on a Monday, a great Monday, beautiful fall Monday out here. And uh, we're going to be with you until two o'clock. When we get back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's happening here at the Norman Norman Regional Hospital Foundation Golf Tournament at Belmar. And yes, we are going to come after. Stay with us here on the ref. Yes, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Monday edition, Steelman and Thune at noon, presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems in our first hour. I'm here for a great cause and a great golf tournament. We're out here every year, the Norman Regional Healthcare Foundation Golf Tournament. They do a lot of great stuff out here. Aaron Barnhart is going to join us, the executive director of the foundation, coming up here in just a second, but they do a ton of good work here in the community. Oh, Parker, we got to play this. we got to play this. Here's how it went down, and here's how it sounded Saturday night in Salt Lake City. Caleb Williams sees the pressure, has to bail, has to throw it quickly. When will it land? When will it land? Incomplete. Utah wins. at you on a street. Down goes Mule Shoe. Down goes Mule Shoe. How great was that? Now, my wife Shay's a big OU fan. She roots for any team that Baker Mayfield plays on. She's been very disappointed there recently and a little bit disappointed, obviously, with OU, but she was very happy with the Sooners coming back and playing like they did Saturday. But she was ecstatic when Utah beat USC. I mean, loved every second of it, and I think everybody in Sooner Country did, and there we go. Now, here's Muleshoe. A lot of you have heard what he said after the game. Well, the officiating was horrible and blah, blah, blah. The audio, by the way, for a major college football program, when you can barely understand what they're saying, substandard, just brutal. They've got like a mic laying on the table in front of him. I'm like, somebody get a mic stand and put it in front of the coach. That's how it works. Anyway, that's just my pet peeve. But here is Muleshoe. Uh, trying to sound like he's uh, Mr. Badass Coach here after the loss to Utah. Let's see how that sounds. This team has got a real shot. Like we gotta, we got to go do it. I mean, it ain't going to just happen. If we handle this like I think we will, we we got a real shot. And uh, my, my uh, I'm pissed right now because we lost and disappointed for the guys. They fought their guts out. Um, but I'm like, it's it's balanced like that between. Like, I'm so excited for the back half of this year and so excited to keep coaching these guys. So, um, I'm ready to go practice right now. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Uh, uh, can you, like, shut up? 
<laughs> yeah, he, he was ready he, to practice right then and there. Did he really just say, F it, I'm ready to practice right now? It, it, it was actually an S-bomb that oh, he okay. dropped. But, yeah, it was uh, – I enjoyed that so much. That was so great. Man, like we didn't know this already, but Caleb Williams is so good. I mean, some of the throws he made where he was able to spin his way out of trouble and do that 180 and, and then backpedal and throw a, a strike into the end zone. Their offense is really good. They lost Jordan Addison late in the game. They had some injury issues, lost their linebacker also. But, uh, man, Utah gutted it up, man. Uh, it looked like SC might run away and win that game by three touchdowns, but Utah's been disappointing so far this season with a loss to Florida and a loss to UCLA, but they played for those four, uh, those two uh, fallen teammates, and they hung in there, won the game, and it was pure joy, wasn't it, Parker? I mean, it was just pure joy. <sighs> what, what time did that game go final? Because it was late, late into the night. But I, I guarantee you, eighty percent felt like of the... it was approaching midnight, maybe eleven thirty in that range, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't guarantee know. you, eighty percent. I'm old. I can't remember the, things well, but eighty percent of the Oklahoma faithful. It felt like my midnight away. anyway. Oh yeah, it was great. It was so great. So we'll see. And uh, we've seen Lincoln Riley blow double digit leads before when it looked like they were going to win a game and. Uh, it didn't look. USC still really good. That offense is as good as just about anybody in the country and might be the best when they're healthy. They're certainly in the conversation, but uh, that was a typical mule shoe type loss, and everybody enjoyed it very much. Erin Barnhart was even, she was, I wouldn't say she was laughing, but she had a smile, still has a smile on her face. You know, and she's like super nice lady, executive director of the uh, Norman, and Re- Norman Regional Health Foundation, but she did smile listening to the USC play-by-play. Did you enjoy that as much as everybody else did? Of course I did. There yes. you go. See, you can still take care of people and do good things in the community and not want Lincoln Riley to win. Right? <laughs> Of That's course you correct. can. Yes. All right. Tell us about the golf tournament. We're here every year, but the Norman Regional Health Foundation does a ton of stuff in the community, grants, scholarships, and that's just the start. You guys have a huge impact, and obviously this day is a lot about that, too. Yes, it is. Well, thanks for joining us uh, out at Belmar Golf Club. So this is our fourth annual, uh, the premier golf tournament. We have 175 golfers joining us today, um, trying to break $100,000 for the first time through this tournament. So uh, we're pretty close to making that mark. That's awesome. Yes, all to help our community um, health and wellness initiatives. And the uh, the grants and scholarships are a big part of this, too, helping uh, local students, uh, particularly those who are interested in the healthcare and field and industry. Exactly. We award about $50,000 annually uh, for those continuing their healthcare education. Uh, there's a huge nursing shortage out there, so that's one of our focuses to um, just provide a little support through a scholarship. Yeah, and uh, you know every year it's uh, we I, we haven't had a bad bad day out here yet, and uh, keep coming out here to cover this thing. And Belmore, of course, is a tremendous uh, golf club. But uh, tell us again on how you've expanded the uh, the uh, Health Foundation over the years. Now, well, definitely what we what we've been able to accomplish is really grow our our support throughout the community. So we provide funding for Norman Public Schools so they can have a nurse or a health assistant in every public school from elementary through high school. 
Um, so that's a huge initiative of ours in the health system in partnership with Norma Public Schools. We also, for the community, provide uh, free flu shot clinics. So we're actually having one at, um, we're opening Norman Regional 9. First patient day is October 24th. That's a freestanding emergency department off Highway 9. But um, join us for an open house on this Saturday from 10 to noon. We'll have tours of the facility and free flu shots. So that's just a, this is going to be a great resource for the community and, and close to the university. So that will uh, help our. Yeah, absolutely. Community. And, you know, that's important because uh, after COVID, you know, you, you, you can't forget about the flu. So you need to get out there and get your flu shot as well because, you know, you never know when uh, if that strikes, that can be really, really not a lot of fun for people. So don't forget about those flu shots, and that's awesome, free flu shots here. Aaron, uh, anything else you want to add? You know, I just we're grateful for the support. The community comes out. Our, our health care system partners show up every year, and so we're just looking forward for a great day. The wind to calm down maybe just a little bit. Well, it's Oklahoma, you know. You feel, <laughs> feel better about the Sooners? Yes. Yes, we needed to. That was a good bounce back. It was great a good bounce beat, back. Great to beat Kansas. and uh, You, you might have had to put, put the program in the intensive care unit had they lost <laughs> over the weekend, but they're back now. You know, they it are. Feel like, it feels like they're back on uh, at least the right track. Aaron, you've always been super nice and uh, cordial with us out here, and you do a great job answering all of these questions. You've got a great uh, golf tournament out here in the Norman Regional Health Foundation does a ton of good in the community, and that's what it's all about. So thank you for uh, getting together with us again. Well, thank you for having me. Erin Barnhart, she's a star. She is a she would be a, a five-star. Speaking of five stars, Parker Thune, are you going to the Denton-Geyer-Allen matchup? Jackson Arnold <laughs> where against else, Michael Hawkins? Where else would I be on a Thursday night on a bye week, Steely? Yes, I, I will absolutely be in attendance for that one. Had that one circled on the calendar literally the second the schedules dropped because that is must-see TV. You get potentially OU's next two yeah. quarterback takes on the same field matching up with one another. Yeah, I'm there. That should be fun. And you said that is a Thursday, correct? You dropped out there for a second, Steely. What was that? I That is correct like you didn't you say it was thursday night yes it's a thursday night that that game's taking place that should be fun that should be a lot of fun by the way colton vosick over the weekend told and you know what i'm good right now i'm good i'm still a believer in coach v and miguel chavis and uh that was certainly good news for sooner fans well, doesn't he, mean it's completely done he also visited texas so. what do you think yeah it's, yeah uh, it's, but i it's listen it's a tenuous situation. It's been a tenuous situation. Right now, again, I'm exactly where I was last week. I expect him to stick, but you can't discount anything, and actions speak louder than words. He's already unofficially visited Texas mm -hmm. twice this season. I, You're concerned, if nothing else, right now. Now, you can – here's the thing. This is not a mutually exclusive type of deal. You don't have to believe Colton Vosick is definitely gone. The fact that he's visited Texas on two different occasions means there's absolutely no chance he's signing with Oklahoma. But you also you also should be a healthy degree of concern about the whole situation. Because, again, actions well, speak louder than I've words, always, Go ahead, Parker. Mm, that's true. 
And <clears throat> whoa, oh, sorry about that. Hang on. And Steely's voice has gone dead on us. Whoa. Okay, I got my water there. <laughs> yeah, my, my thought on that for a long time has been this. And uh, when you're in Austin, Texas, you're a legacy. Your dad played at the University of Texas. And we talked about, well, his parents may have gotten uh, not not be real close to this coaching staff and felt like they hadn't been treated right. Or there was something going on there. But at the same time, man, you're in Austin, Texas. And there are going to be a lot of people telling you. I'm not talking about recruiting men. You're going to OU, you realize that, you know, you're an Austin guy. You you realize how many opportunities that you will have if you have a great career at the University of Texas. And not that he wouldn't have some at the University of Oklahoma, but, you know, that's that's a lot to ask a kid who's a Longhorn legacy. So we'll see what happens uh, in the end game. I did see the Sooners slip to fourth in the team rankings. I guess Notre Dame got a, a new commit. Is that right? Notre Dame get, did get another commit from a top 100 player, yes. So the Sooners are down to fourth at the moment. And also, Ryan Yates announced yesterday that he's locked in with LSU. So uh, you, uh, the Sooners mm. are officially deploying Plan B at one of those safety positions, even though they will continue to pursue Peyton Bowen. They are going to have to look for – uh, the contingency plans for their third safety take beyond Bowen and Eric McCarty. So I I still think they have a very good chance to land Peyton Bowen when all is said and done, but now Yates is officially sticking it out with the Tigers. And so you saw another offer go out to Khalil Barnes last night, another 2023 yeah. safety. I did that see Oklahoma's that. going to yeah. make a late run at. A lot of guys that could potentially be a part of this class. Uh, at that safety position now that Yates is off the table. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds over the next few weeks here. All right, we got a break right here. We are presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Mike Steely here at the Norman Regional Health Foundation Golf Outing at Belmar Golf Club on a beautiful fall Monday. And it's a Monday that feels a lot better than it did last Monday. That's for sure. Let's come back and let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. You're with the Home of Sooner fans, and we're coming right back. We are back on this Monday edition of uh, Steel Man and Thune right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. I am out here at Belmar Golf and Country Club. It is the Norman Regional Health Foundation Golf Tournament, uh, helping a lot of folks out here in the Norman community, and we'll be talking more about that a little bit later on. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, just about a little over a month away from a very special Bedlam Beats and Bites concert featuring the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. That's right. We're going to have an outdoors Bedlam Beats and Bites show coming up 
Friday night, November 18th, out at Riverwind Casino. If you've ever been out to a beach and bite show, whether it was Cheap Trick or, you know, Everclear, uh, we had Night Ranger and Starship out this year. We've had some really good bands. You know, they've got incredible food trucks out there. Anything you're looking for to eat, they basically have out there. They've got everything, and this will be a great night under the stars uh, the night before Bedlam, taking in the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen will be the opening act. Tickets are only 5 bucks. That's it. Bring your folding chairs. Bring your appetite, and uh, they will bring a good time at Bedlam Beats and Bites, which is coming up again Friday, uh, November 18th. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office in the casino, or you can get them at riverwind.com. All right, Parker, you want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Sure, let's go there. Uh, we have a lot of people asking about Colton Vosick, and understandably so, because as we mentioned last segment, he's now visited Texas for two separate game days over the course of the 2022 season. This listener, and it's this is far from the only listener that's posed this question, asks, why was Vosick allowed to visit Texas, but all other recruits aren't allowed to now i think here's the thing people have come to understand brent venable's policy as very black and white perhaps a little bit too black and white so here here's what brent venable's visit policy is not it is not if you visit somewhere else we're done with you what it is is to say essentially look if you're still looking we're still looking so, we are not going to treat you as committed if you visit elsewhere. Now, the, the technicality of those definitions obviously gets a little murky at a certain point because right now Colton Vosick is technically still committed to the University of Oklahoma. But the Sooners are still recruiting at his position, as evidenced by the fact that they had to Celia Kana in on an official visit this past weekend. So, here's, here's what's not going on. Colton Vosick visited Texas on Saturday. What didn't happen later that day was he got a phone call from Miguel Chavis saying, hey, you're no longer welcome at Oklahoma. What will happen is right. that they will continue to be in contact with Vosick. They will continue to feel out the situation and how reliable his commitment to Oklahoma truly is, but they're going to pursue other options at that position if and when they feel that Vosick isn't legitimately committed to nor has intent to sign at the University of Oklahoma. And that's not to say that that's the case. It it may just be that Vosick wanted to go hang with his buddies at the University of Texas and was willing to toe the line with Venables and the staff. But I think a lot of people have come to understand the visit policy as the coaching staff basically expressing to the player, the recruit, that if you visit anywhere else – we're done. The bridge is burnt, and that's not it. It's much yeah. more nuanced. Yeah, it, it's it's not that severe, and and it's kind of a special circumstance because of uh, his family being there and his dad being a former Longhorn player. I get that. You know, if I was in his situation, I would have wanted to go take in. I would have wanted to go take in the Alabama game too in that atmosphere. Uh, you know, uh, and obviously, who's there this past weekend? And people are worried because you know he's. 
tweeted out or put on Insta, you know, a picture with he and Arch Manning and all of that stuff. I mean, that uh, a, some of that is just what kids do, man. I mean, you just got to understand that. But his situation is a lot different, say, than Ashton Cozart's situation, right? Yes. Who was at one point committed to Oklahoma and wound up at Oregon. And for those who aren't familiar, explain how it's different. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but... Go ahead and take a shot at that one. Well, yeah, and here's the thing about Vosick is that he's been in constant communication with the Oklahoma staff about where his pledge stands and what his intentions are in terms of these visits to Texas. That was not the case with Cozart. Cozart tried to keep the Oregon visit mm-hmm. uh, secret. He tried right. to he tried to withhold that information from the Oklahoma staff. Well, Brent Venables and the staff did find out. They got on the phone with him. And Ashton Cozart essentially decided, you know what, screw it. I'm going to take this visit to Oregon, and I'm going to commit because I don't want to mess around with this Oklahoma staff if this is the way that they're going to treat me. And, again, it was a lot more on Cozart than it was on the Oklahoma staff in that circumstance because Cozart tried to keep the visit under wraps and wasn't straightforward with the staff to whom he was committed about his intentions. Vosick has kept the lines of communication very open with Oklahoma. And uh, all that aside, Steely, there was a point in time at which Ashton Cozart was hitting up Oklahoma trying to get back in the class. Needless to say, that did not happen because OU went out and they got Jaquay's pet away and Keon Brown and Anthony Evans. But that's the distinction that you draw between those two situations. And look, it's going to have to be something that you sweat out up until signing day either way because Vosick has said and continues to say all the right things about his commitment to Oklahoma, but he's right down the road from the 40 acres. Man, he's got a lot of pro-Texas folks in his corner. It's going to be difficult down yeah, the stretch. Yeah, I'm sure it is here all the time, too. Especially if Texas keeps winning. My guess would be, and and you, uh, you know, you know so much more about and have so much more uh, inside information, but just my gut feeling is that I I don't think the Colton Vosick commitment's going to hold long term. I, I hope I'm wrong, but that's just my gut feeling because that's really? such a tough situation, man. For that kid, yeah, I don't. I that's just a feeling. Like I said, you know, you've got the insight. You know these kids. You talk to these kids. You talk to people who coach them and who are around them all the time. For me, it's nothing purely but a gut feeling. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Like you know, in the next couple of weeks or something. But I don't know. I, I would still be just my opinion. A little bit surprised if you see him sign at Oklahoma when uh, when signing day gets here. So we'll see. Real quick before we break, what do we know about uh, Celia Connor's visit? Yeah, a couple Anything? people. A couple people on the text line asking about uh, Celia Connor and Caden McDonald, how that visit went. Look, from what I know right now, and the returns are still early because those visits lasted well into Sunday. So uh, it's still a little bit early to be gathering intel uh, on how the whole experience went because it still is so fresh. They, those were official visits as opposed to unofficials. So. They were on campus late into Sunday afternoon. Uh, Here's what I do know is that the early returns are encouraging with Caden McDonald in particular. It seems like OU made a big, big move in that recruitment. And I'm still a little bit skeptical. I'm not necessarily saying start to get confident in it yet. But there is a belief right now that Oklahoma made some substantial progress over the weekend with Caden McDonald and with his mom. Uh, Oklahoma had led for Cecilia Kana for quite some time. Uh, 
the early returns on that one are, it sounds like OU maintained. Sound like they continue to be the front runner for Akana. Now the question becomes, are they still the front runner after he takes his planned official visit to Texas A&M at the beginning of November? All right, I'm here at Belmar Golf Club, Norman Regional Healthcare Foundation uh, Golf Tournament, annual event that uh, helps raise money for a lot of good causes, grants, scholarships, more equipment, everything you can think of. Uh, they, they help a lot of people in this community, and this golf event is a big part of that. All right, let's break right here. We'll come back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405 651 3439. That college football weekend, I mean, that was unbelievable. Just a great college football weekend. We'll talk more about that as well. Huge win for Josh Heupel in Tennessee. Tough loss for the Cowboys in Fort Worth. We'll get into that and more when we get back. Keep it here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you, Monday edition, here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. I am here at the Norman Regional Hospital Foundation Golf Tournament, yearly event out here at Belmar Golf Club. Do a lot of things in the community, grants, scholarships. They, uh, they advance patient programs. They award educational scholarships to students in health-related fields. And they support a ton of community Initiatives. They do great work out here uh, during the golf tournament. It's so well organized, and uh, it's just a it's a fun event that raises a lot of money again. And the Norman Regional Hospital Foundation is big time. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Let's get back to as many as we can, Parker, to close out the hour. Yes, indeed, Steely. And by the way, uh, we officially have comments from Tessilia Kana, courtesy of our uh, fine West Coast region recruiting analyst, Blair Angulo, from the 24-7 Sports Network. I think he's actually the mountain region. I don't know. He's somewhere out west. The point is he's the lead guy and has been the lead guy on Cecilia Kana's recruitment. Uh, definitely gotten the chance to go face-to-face with him the most. Uh, but per a story that Blair just published a few minutes ago on 24-7 Sports, Steely, Cecilia Kana said that the official visit to Oklahoma this weekend definitely put the Sooners at the top. And I will go back to one of the very first things I ever said about this recruitment when it became apparent in uh, probably March or April that OU was going to be a significant player here. Uh, this recruitment has been headed up by Brent Venables, and the way it was communicated to me back then was Venables is the one running point here, and when Venables wants a guy, Venables gets his guy. So a uh, lot of reason for confidence right now if you're an Oklahoma fan uh, about the, the school's odds of landing to Celia Kana in the end. 
Now, he still has an official visit planned to Texas A&M, as I mentioned, on November 4th. So we will see what becomes of that. But Oklahoma appears to have positioned themselves very well in the aftermath of that visit. Um, 918 Rod says, uniforms were awesome. Hope we see them again. Iowa State made Quinn Ewers look very average. I'll be glad to have DG going up there. Plus, their offense is not very good. Yeah, Iowa State, Steely, 0-4 in Big 12 play to date. So, the Sooners get a Cyclones team that is more than a little bit battered as they head up to Ames on October 29th on the other side of the bye week to try and get something rolling here down the stretch in Big 12 play. Yeah, and uh, Hunter Deckers, you know, you can talk about the play. Was it targeting? Was it a fumble? All of that. They had a chance. You know, they were there, uh, you know, with the potential to have the game-tying field goal there in Austin. But, again, their offense has not been very good. Uh, but the Sooner defense has been a lot worse, even though they got better against KU over the weekend. Not a whole lot better, but they did. Uh, at least it was a uh, it was a move in a positive direction. But if you can keep Dylan Gabriel healthy, uh, you know, the rest of the year, then Oklahoma's got a chance to win every football game in the schedule. Now, the defense is clearly 100% going to have to get better to – for Oklahoma to run the table. I don't think they can run the table. Like I said, I would start at, you know, get bowl eligible, uh, get the six wins so you can get the extra practices, and, uh, you know, you have a good chance of saving the vast majority of this recruiting class. That That's the main thing. Um, you know, and, and anything on top of that I think is, is going to be really good for Oklahoma. But, yeah, this is a very winnable game coming up, no doubt about it. And uh, I did like the uniform. You, you were down there. Obviously, Parker, to see how they popped on the field. I, maybe the gray, if it was just a little bit lighter, but to me, I, I thought it was a nice look. I, I loved it, Celia, and I was I was skeptical, right? I mentioned that all throughout the week. They look good in the photo shoot, but every uniform looks good in the photo shoot. I want to see what they look like to the naked eye, and I loved them. I think I, – I, here's the thing. For the sake of all involved in the broadcasting slash journalism department – I would like to see the Unity nameplate come off those jerseys in favor of actual nameplates because you've got Unity on the helmet, so you don't have to necessarily lose that message, but that just makes it a lot easier to distinguish guys from one another. Uh, Here's one more question that we can close out the hour with, Steely, and it's not OU-related. Well, I guess it is tangentially OU-related, but the Tennessee Vols had themselves a statement victory on Saturday night over Alabama. And one listener would like to know, Yeah, can Josh Heupel and the Volunteers win the national championship? I mean, uh, they, they, they've got a shot, yes. I mean, they can. Will they? I don't know. They've got a great shot. They've still got to deal with Georgia, obviously, uh, in that in that division. They've still got to you know, win an SEC championship game. But, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, you're thinking about heavyweight programs you got to deal with, and you start with Bama, and then you go to 1A Georgia if you're Oklahoma in a couple years, because it's now looking like it'll be a couple years for Oklahoma. But what Josh Heupel's doing at Tennessee, you may have another guy that has a program that's going to be elite by the time that uh, Oklahoma gets there, because Tennessee is a great NIL program. They've put a ton of money in. They always have, but it's even stronger right now. So that's another program that the Sooners are going to have to deal with in the SEC, no doubt.
Great job. Great victory. Great game, man. It was a great college football weekend, best of the year, no doubt. All right, got to get out of here. Thank you, Last Year Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour. We have another award-winning, hopefully, hour to go next here on The Ref. Keep it right here. Yes, sir, we do. We have two men, two men, two men, not man, man one, men two. That is my Neanderthal Neanderthal broadcast moment of the day. I need more caffeine, more energy drink is what I need. Uh, I thought I was fully caffeinated, but I'm not. I'm fully energized. So uh, Mike Steely out here at Belmar Country Club. It is the Norman Regional Hospital Foundation golf tournament. A lot of cool folks out here having a good time. They had an early flight. They've got a later flight that just started out here. The big news is they do so much for the community here. Grants, scholarships, new equipment, they do a lot of good in the community, and this uh, golf event is a big part of that. All right, uh, let's hear from Brent Venables opening up the second hour because, uh, Parker, did it look like the Titanic was headed to the iceberg you know, after the Texas loss, and it looked like the Sooners steered away. So, Kay Winslet and Leo DiCaprio, they don't even have to be out there floating around in the freezing water right now because the Sooners steered away from the iceberg. And Brent Venable said this win, this dub over the weekend, obviously was huge for the OU program right now. For us to have the kind of finish uh, that we are capable of having and that we uh, desire to have, you know, today was obviously an important day uh, going into our bye week, uh, you know, getting, you know, a victory against a good, disciplined uh, Kansas team uh, that's been playing very well. Uh, again, winning's hard you know, against anyone. Just uh, our, our fans today were just terrific. Uh, they were just great, man, from the walk of champions to, um, you know, helping us win today. It was cool to see that. And again, I know there's sacrifice for everybody, and um, it's hard. You know, again, there's that. You know, where the rubber meets the road, where they want to stay loyal and continue to be passionate about you know your team, even uh, when we're not exactly where we all want us to be. And uh, so I just I love seeing that, and that was really cool to to, to come into the stadium there uh, at kickoff, just before kickoff, and and to see the place unpacked and loud and uh, really. Um, you know, made a difference for us today. No doubt. The crowd, uh, Parker, you were there. How would you grade the atmosphere over at uh, Owen Field Saturday? Well, I was legitimately impressed with it, Steely, because I, I did have my apprehensions. It's like, okay, this program's on a three-game losing streak. All of a sudden, Oklahoma football isn't as sexy as it was a month and a half ago. Are we going to see the same turnout? Are we going to see the same passion from these fans? And they showed up. They showed out. 
They were loud. Most of them stayed from start to finish, Steely. And so, yes, I agree with Brent Venable's assessment that the crowd was huge for Oklahoma on Saturday. And it's going to need to continue to be huge because, you know, it feels like every conversation these days ultimately leads back at some point to the transition to the SEC. And what do we say about the SEC, Steely? Hashtag it just means more. And that manifests itself in so many different ways. But as you saw this past Saturday night down in Rocky Top, you're going to need to fill stadiums out. You're going to need to pack the house. You're going to need to have fans that are screaming from start to finish. Because if you do that, if you can have a legitimate home field advantage, if you can create that in your own building, then, hey, every now and again, you may end up on the winning end of one of the more memorable college football games of the last few years, as we saw down at Neyland Stadium. You know what's what's interesting about that game, and I think Oklahoma fans, uh, you know, might might have felt the same way. We're talking about Josh Heupel, who is the quarterback on the uh, Sooners 2000 National Championship team. We know what happened. He was replaced by Muleshoe, uh, obviously, but he's rode back Missouri for a while. Goes out to uh, UCF. Does a nice job there. And now he's at Tennessee, and Tennessee has been a program that's been underachieving for a while. And, again, uh, they're, they're in the SEC, so it's not, like, super easy to, to bounce back and come back. But when you've got a stadium like that, a fan base like that, they've got a pretty good tradition. But that felt like, and Josh Heupel in both, in both games, that felt a lot like when Oklahoma beat Nebraska in 2000. Tore down the goalposts. You know, you had fans getting sprayed with mace because they were going crazy on the field. They took the goalposts, like, you know, to the water and everything. It was mayhem. I loved it. I was laughing at, man, when that ball, when that knuckleball, that Gaylord Perry knuckleball went flying through the uprights and just barely crossed the crossbar, man. It was like those referees were like in sprinter's blocks. It was like... They signaled good, and then, boom, they were out of there. But what a great moment for Josh Heupel. But it felt like when Oklahoma beat Nebraska in 2000, Nebraska was number one in the country. The fans went absolutely crazy. And, again, I think Sooner fans at that time thought, you know what, we have a pretty good football team. I know we won seven games a year ago, but look at what we've done with, you know, these victories we've had leading up to Nebraska. It looks like we're pretty good. Well, I think Oklahoma reannounced itself as a player on the national scene, you know, with that victory over Nebraska. And, and that might have been the same situation with Tennessee uh, Saturday against Alabama. I'm not saying that they're going to come go win the national championship like that Sooner team did, but it felt like, all right, here we go. Tennessee's a program to, you know, be taken uh, seriously every year now. They're recruiting at a high level. Uh, Parker, you know they've got a ton of money in that program right now. They have really <laughs> done well. Uh, in terms of their NIL and collective and all that stuff. But there's another team now in the SEC that the Sooners are going to be battling with. Yeah. I, <laughs> it looks that way. I'm resisting the urge to make a McDonald's bags joke because I have to be nice to Tennessee uh, based on what they've done on the mm-hmm. football field over the first month and a half of the season. But, it look, this is a really impressive football program. It's been a really impressive coaching job that Josh Heupel has pulled off. That was a really impressive victory over Alabama on Saturday night. Anytime you can put up 52 points on a Nick Saban coached defense, that's something you can hang your hat on. 
as a football team and as a program. Now, as I look at the rest of the schedule for Tennessee, it is fraught with danger. I think rock bottom for this team, they're at least winning eight games because they're going to beat Tennessee Martin this Saturday and they're going to beat Vanderbilt to close out the year. But between those two contests, check out this schedule, Steely. They host 19th-ranked Kentucky. That's not a gimme. They mm-hmm. got to go to number one Georgia. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be favored in that right. football game as things stand right now. They host Missouri, so they get the Tigers at Rocky Top, but still that Missouri team has already demonstrated this year that they can go toe-to-toe with anybody on any given Saturday. And then November 19th, they go to South Carolina at williams Bryce Stadium. That's never an easy draw as well. So we are going to find out a lot about this Tennessee football program come the month of November in particular. That's where the rubber is going to meet the road for them in terms of their pursuit yeah. of a national championship. And if, if they close out this year and they're really good and they, they get the playoff or whatever, then guess what? The Sooners are right there. They're they're in that mix, and Tennessee's in that mix now too. And we didn't really have Tennessee that much in that mix. We had talked about, all right, it's, it's Bama and then Georgia's 1A, and then Oklahoma's in a mix with some other programs after that. Now, tradition-wise, you want to talk history and all that, yes, Oklahoma's right there with just about anybody in the league. But in terms of where the program is now, then you've got Tennessee as a, a, a huge factor. But you're right, there's still some games left on that schedule that they could lose. But uh, what would you think right now? Would it be C.J. Stroud 1, Hendon Hooker 2 in the, in the Heisman ballot? Or do you think uh, Bryce Young did about all he could have been? Good as Jameer Gibbs, by the way. I oh, mean, man. unbelievable. Who who let that guy end up at Alabama? As if Alabama didn't already have I know. enough. They just went yeah. and plucked Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech, and he turned out to be – I mean, he may be the best running back in college football right now, and I'm including B. John Robinson in that conversation. That's how impressive Jameer Gibbs has yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, I'm with no, you. No, this is, this is a really fun three-horse race right now for the Heisman Trophy between Stroud, Bryce Young, and Hendon Hooker. And coming into the year, I think we all anticipated it was going to be a three-horse race between Stroud and Bryce Young and Caleb Williams, and that's not to discount Caleb Williams' chances in the long run because he can get right back into the thick of it, but that loss didn't help things this past week uh, out at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Utah. And with Stroud at the helm of an undefeated Ohio State, with Hooker at the helm of an undefeated Tennessee, and with Young at the helm of the most dominant college football program of the last two decades, those three guys have very well positioned themselves to be late-game contenders for the Heisman Trophy come the end of November, beginning of December. So it's going to be really fun. I don't know that there is an outright favorite right now. I'll be curious to see if Hendon Hooker can maintain his level of play because you look at the resume, yeah, he's been impressive, but he's proven much less than have C.J. Stroud yeah. and Bryce Young. So uh, a lot a lot of Tennessee. And, and Caleb played a great game, by the way. He did. Saturday night, he man. Did. He made some spectacular throws. He's he's such a good player. Yeah. There's there's not a lot bad he can say about that kid as a football player. He is truly special. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. This listener says, listening before bed in Turkmenistan. Wow. Oh, we wow. are adding countries all How about over. That? That's dedication. Round. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the MVP of the day. Yeah, by on the, the way. Air Comfort <laughs> Solutions tax line. Speaking of uh, overseas listeners, too late. So I, uh, I met a young lady at church yesterday. 
that had just gotten back from a six-month deployment in Saudi Arabia. And mm-hmm. she asked me wow. how – she said, yeah, I just, I just got back like five days ago. How's your job been? <laughs> I said, oh, boy, if only you knew. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's one of the. I, I honestly wish <laughs> yeah. that I could have been as checked out of Oklahoma football uh, for the last few weeks as she had been for the last six months. But uh, yes, Turkmenistan. We can add that to Tyler McComas's ref listener map. We have ourselves an Air Comfort Solutions text line MVP today. If you text us from Turkmenistan, that is impressive. So congratulations. All right, we're brought to you. This hour by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, a truck, an SUV, pre-owned vehicle. They've got a great selection over there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley and a great guarantee. I mean, it is the gold standard guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That is big time. All right, let's break right here. Uh, we've got another guest coming up here in a little bit, and we got to talk uh, again about the uh, the failure of Nielsu, which was just what a great nightcap to a Saturday of big time college football. I mean that one that nightcap went down very smoothly. It was great. Stay with us. Coming back here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Okay, we are back here at a great event. We're here every year, and they always do a tremendous job here at Belmar Golf Club hosting the Norman Regional Health Foundation Golf Tournament. And uh, Regional Health Foundation does work in the community. Norman Regional Hospital CEO Richie Split joins us. And uh, you've already finished your round. I hear that uh, the birdies were plenty, but the win was also a little bit of a factor out there. It's Oklahoma. A chilly start to the day, and, and we adjusted. It took a while, but uh, we finished strong, had a really good time out there, and it's for a great cause. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Norman Regional itself does so much in the community, and, uh, you know, I'm seeing the expanded, uh, you know, Healthplex over by where we live, and it looks spectacular. But also the Norman Regional Health Foundation is a real – almost a little bit behind-the-scenes MVP in the community because we're talking about grants, we're talking about scholarships, we're talking about equipment, we're talking about helping families in need. I mean, it does a little bit of everything in the they community. Do. Yes, they do. They're, they're an outstanding bunch of people, volunteers who come in and help us lead the organization in our community health um, 
functions and our focus in the community. And so we're grateful for all of those board members who serve. We're grateful for the volunteers who came out here today, but we really are focusing on how we can get more uh, students into school, particularly healthcare related, nursing, uh, respiratory therapy, physical therapy, helping them with their dreams and their aspirations. And these proceeds go to help us scholarship those students into those programs and in hopes that they come back and spend their time with us at Norman Regional. Yeah, grants and scholarships out and uh, you know the the healthcare community has been pushed to the to the limit here with yeah. we finally you know we're not through covid but it feels like we've made a lot of progress and it's uh it's it's not the uh, the the same situation but you talk healthcare providers workers everybody was stressed um uh, but you know it's it's always important to have new people coming into that system who uh and again i think it's not only smart young kids who are you know very goal oriented but also just care about their community and care about people you need those people we do I mean, we have our, our mission to focus on health and wellness and we want people who can uh, connect to that purpose and those individuals that you mentioned we really are looking for them who want to have a purpose in their life in their career and they can do that at norman regional and they can see 76 years of life-saving care in our community and to be a part of that mission the vision to carry out their their passion at work uh, is is just unremarkable uh, evidence that they can do things greater than just themselves when they're a part of a team like Norman Regional Health System. And so we're grateful for the foundation making that possible for those who might be challenged and, and need a little help to get into those roles and get into school and to be successful and and again stay here in our community. It feels like the uh, the Sooner football team got a little healing over the weekend, right? They did. And Thank then goodness. how are you feeling now after that uh, win over Kansas? Oh, I'm excited. I really I believe in Coach Venables and, and the work that he's doing, the culture he's building. We do the same thing at Norman Regional. And to see the efforts that he's put in, pouring into these individuals, these young men, and the, the potential outcome that we're seeing, the results on the field Saturday were terrific. Uh, they fought through adversity. They came together. I loved the new unis, uh, and unity was all over the field that day, and uh, they played as one. It was great to see that happen. Richie, thank you so much. Thank you, I appreciate Steely. it. And, I the work. Uh, well, thank you, and we love what you're doing here in the community. Uh, Richie Split, who is the Norman Regional Hospital CEO, and uh, what a great, great event this is. Thank you again so much. Thank you, and thanks to the KREF. Richie Split, who is the CEO of Norman Regional Hospital, nice guy, and he's got a—I mean, he's got some golf style working. It looks very impressive, no doubt, big time. All right, Parker, you want to get uh, some texts in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Yeah, you want to hear one of the most impressive Let's things do it. about me? And um, I, the second I say this, I know I'm going to have Trevor Lafoon in this studio slapping me silly. But last segment, oh, no. last segment, I mentioned that I ran into a girl at church uh, who had just gotten done with a six-month deployment and had no idea what was going on with Oklahoma football. And somebody texted in, so we're calling the bar church now. And here's, here's what I will say, Steely, and people can believe this or not believe this. I'm just going to tell this to you now. This might be one of the most impressive facts about me. Uh, I have lived in Norman for five years now. I attended the mm-hmm. University of Oklahoma for five full years, right. and I yeah. have never set foot in a campus corner bar, not once. 
See, you guys have to realize now Parker is a budding superstar here in the media business. I mean, he's he's so far ahead of the game at his age, it's, it's very impressive. But he is also like Opie also, okay? Parker's going out. It's cookies and milk. He's very well behaved. And actually, there's something to be said for that. There is something to be said for that. He's got his own culture, and his culture works for him. I, you know, I was a part of the other culture for a while, and I can tell you that culture doesn't work in the long term. So stick with your culture and stay on track, all right? Back to the text line here. This listener from St. Louis says, Fun fact, I played a round of golf in Muleshoe years ago. The course is adjacent to a cattle feedlot. Stinkiest round of golf I've ever played. That sounds about, uh, no pun intended, par for the course for Muleshoe. Oh, man. Muleshoe would be the kind of guy that cheats, you know, I would think, on his scorecard. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I still want him in a cage with Pat Narduzzi for what he did with Jordan Addison. Here's the deal, though. For Oklahoma now, and, and it's not like the Sooners didn't use the portal. They clearly did. But, man, you better get down and dirty because there's some real scum there in that portal. All right? Muleshoe is at the top of the pack. But you need uh, more players. And uh, I don't know. Will, will OU get dirty enough? I'm not saying Brent is, uh, does things, you know, in a classy way. But I don't know. Would they? I don't know, even know what I mean by saying dirty. I'm not saying, you know, um, you know, just start contacting somebody else's players. That, and that's the whole thing where apparently Pat Narduzzi said that, you know, he wasn't even in the portal yet and Muleshoe's on the phone. Or somebody representing Muleshoe was on the phone. Uh, do you think the Sooners will uh, – what do you think the portal effort might look like for OU? Well, it depends on how many casualties you have in the offseason, and I would venture to guess there are going to be quite a few. So you could see I, – I, I would, I would actually say this. I, I would not imagine that I'd be sitting here saying these words, Steely, but I think the Sooners brought in 13 players this past offseason from the transfer portal. It wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me if they increase that figure this coming offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if you see more portal additions this offseason than you did this past offseason. By the way, what about Jaden Gibson, dot, dot, dot? Uh, I mean, it, that wasn't Morse code or anything. What was it? Do we know? It, apparently, he thinks he should be playing a little bit more or something uh, is what yeah, I interpreted I he, that to mean. But I don't think he touched the field Saturday, to my recollection. So, I, I, I don't know, man. It's something that people are going to read into. And if you're in Jaden Gibson's shoes, it, obviously, uh, that's probably – you have to have a little bit more foresight than that when you're in that position because regardless of what your intention is, people are going to take it out of context. So he followed up with a tweet later to clarify that everything was good. But, uh, yeah, there were a lot of fans that were very on edge and uneasy about that tweet for quite some time. Uh, back to the text line. Ask Steelman about the old Big 8 bar on Old Campus Corner. What do you know, Steely? It was a fine establishment. I was more uh, back in back in the day. It was brothers, the original brothers. Uh, you know, Step Brothers is kind of a place over there now that you can have parties and everything. But the original brothers, Keith Allen owned, um, and uh, the Jockey Strap Saloon was big. Of course, the deli was always around. But 
Yeah, it was uh it was a uh, it was a stop every now and then. Okay. Okay. It was on the tour. It was like a tour event. It was like a major in my like I said the majors for me were the uh, the jockey strap and brothers back in the day. Okay. Uh <laughs> this listener says, "How about the QB from Utah? Very impressive." Yes, that is former Oklahoma quarterback commit Cameron Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he struggles, yep, he is that's right. When when he struggles, he is disgraced former Texas Longhorn outcast Cameron Rising. But when he is successful, that, yeah, and when he does right. something like screw over Muleshoe's perfect season the way he did on Saturday, we claim him as former Oklahoma quarterback commit Cameron Rising. So, yes, phenomenal that's the way it works. Yes, I agree with that clearly. And by the way, uh, I love man Kyle Whittingham going for two man. Uh, USC is so explosive offensively, and I know Addison was out at that time. But still, man, you got an opportunity to win right there and uh, make USC go, you know, what scared me was USC had the long kick return, of course, and then it got called back. But um, I love that, man. I love that. Go for Go for the win. Go for the jugular there. It's a great win by Utah, no doubt. All right, let's take a quick break right here. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. It is Steel Man and Thune. We're going to get locked in at the top of the hour uh, with Parker and Tyler McComas. When we come back, we'll hear what old Mule Shoe had to say. I'm here again at Belmar Norman Regional Health Foundation Golf Tournament for great causes in the community. And uh, once again, I want to thank Richie Split for coming on with us and Aaron Barnhart, two good people doing a lot of good in the community. All right, we're going to break right here, coming back with more on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref. Welcome back. Mike Steely here at Belmar Golf Club. We have the Norman Regional Health Foundation Golf Tournament going on. Having a great time out here at Belmar Golf Club. I had to stop Parker Thune in the uh, in the golf shop and buy a couple hats. That's what I do. So Yeah, you're a sucker for golf they're, shops. They're both really Steely. cool, too. Golf shops make I, bank Man, off of you. it is so bad. Literally, and I... You ought to see my email inbox. It is flooded with golf offers every day. They know everything about you. Everything. So I have, like, you know, some stuff, uh, sports-related stuff that comes in. That's probably about 20% of it. The other 80% that comes in my email inbox, golf offers every single day. It's ridiculous. Okay, I need to unsubscribe to some of those, actually a lot of those. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Southern Cal. Yeah, let's do the open, and then we'll do the Mule Sioux reaction. Uh, but USC loses over the weekend, and Sooner Nation celebrated. Is it pathetic? 
I don't know, and I don't care because I enjoyed every second of it. And, uh, it, man, uh, you know, Utah, tough physical team for Kyle Whittingham, but they had lost, of course, in the swamp to Florida. They lost, and even Kyle Whittingham said, said that uh, they, they were kind of pushed around by what he said was a physical UCLA team. That's not usually the case with UCLA, but they got beat by uh, DTR and the Bruins the week before, and they come back with the SC team that was undefeated. But no longer. Here's how it sounded when Mule Shoe finally lost USC losing in Salt Lake City over the weekend. Caleb Williams sees the pressure, has to bail, has to throw it quickly. When will it land? When will it land? Incomplete. Utah wins. They're laughing at you on a street. There it is, the reaction as SC lost to Utah. What a great moment. What a tremendous moment. And, uh, Parker, where were you when you saw that Mule Shoot took his first L? Oh, I was was uh, watching it in real time, Steely. Listen, uh, you knew, like, I'd had that game circled for quite some time because I figured, okay. Even if USC survives Stanford, even if they survive Oregon State early in the season, they got those potential pitfalls. But Utah, that game rolls around, particularly on the road at Rice-Eccles Stadium, there is a significantly greater than 50% chance that that is the first loss of the Mule Shoe era at Southern Cal. And lo and behold, it was. So, yes, I I was sitting there watching it in real time. I was actually on FaceTime with my old college roommate, we were watching together simultaneously on our two screens as the first L hit the loss column for Muleshoe. So what I do, you know, uh, obviously uh, watching the entirety of the Oklahoma game and right into the Oklahoma State game, I was watching Tennessee, Alabama um, on my, my upstairs TV in my sports room. One of them went out, so I can't watch two games at one time, I got to get a new TV. So I'm watching Oklahoma State TCU on my phone, and I'm watching Bama Tennessee on the other screen. So you know, my wife and I thought, you know, I don't want to. She she likes Oklahoma football. She can watch that game fine. But I thought, well, all right, here's what I'll do. We'll watch our series that we're watching on uh, Hulu, and I'll watch USC and Utah on the phone. So that's what I did while we watched, like, four episodes of the series we've been watching. And then I said late, you know, first I was like, SC went down and scored. She's like, really? You know? Um, And then I later I said, hey, Utah tied it up here. And, you know, so we watched, like, the last – on the regular TV, the last five or six minutes. She was really into it. She she was so – she was complaining like Kyle Whittingham, why are they putting the time back on the clock? That's unfair. She was really into it, as I'm sure a bunch of Sooner fans were, obviously. All right, but here's how uh, Muleshoe sounded after the loss to the Utes. This team has got a real shot. Like we gotta, we got to go do it. I mean, it ain't going to just happen. If we handle this like I think we will, we we got a real shot. And uh, my, my – uh, 
I'm pissed right now because we lost and disappointed for the guys. They fought their guts out. Um, but I'm like, it's, it's balanced like that between like, I'm so excited for the back half of this year and so excited to keep coaching these guys. So, um, I'm ready to go practice right now. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> can you like shut up? There you go. He also said, guys, we were close to breaking the thing wide open or something along those lines. Yeah, no, what he said was his new Californianized version of we're close is we were an inch away several times. Those were yes. his words. That's what she said. Well, well, I wasn't yeah, going to go that, there, but uh, I, I know, but I couldn't. It was too wide open. But the deal is um, – the guy just angers you. Just listening to the man angers you. Does it not? I mean, I know Although it angers that you, Steve. very enjoyable, the final result. Yes, it does. And I'm still stuck in the anger stage. How long have I been in the anger stage? Steely, it's been almost a year. It's been close to 11 months now. Mm-hmm. Should I go seek help? Have you not already? Maybe. I am not yet, but maybe I need to because I should denial anger. What is is acceptance coming up or I'm not sure what it is, but it's I am right in the middle of anger. And it's like a truck that's stuck in the mud. Just spears, smoke everywhere, mud everywhere. But I enjoyed that very much Saturday night. That was awesome. You know, Caleb Williams in tears. Eh, I get that. That's and uh, that became a big meme. Do you think that Clark Stroud cried though? I don't. I, uh, apparently, somebody said on Twitter that Clark St- Stroud was crying. I don't know if I believe Twitter. I never saw a video of Clark Stroud crying like I saw a video of Caleb Williams crying. But apparently, the word was Clark Stroud was in tears as well. Really? Wow. Well, you know, the deal is, I don't know why. I can't get super mad at Caleb Williams. Maybe, you know, I just, it's not that I'm cheering him on or anything, but I did, you know, God, man, he's a phenomenal player. Phenomenal player. Like I said, that one play where I think somebody was blitzing from the edge, and he stops on a dime, does a 180, gets away from the guy, then backpedals, backs up, and throws a dart in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, that is uh, Patrick Mahomes-type stuff. And, you know, we, we knew he's a really good quarterback. Obviously, he struggled uh, at times down the stretch. He's the perfect quarterback. But, man, he is so good. I don't know why. I am I guess I'm I'm just mad at Mule any anger for Caleb Williams. He's a kid well, still. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line here. Let's hit a couple. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army says, Steely, I want to beat Mule Shoe with a rubber hose. Another says, don't seek help, mm-hmm. Steely. You are fine. Another says, Mule Shoe probably had to rock Clark to sleep that night. Poor guy. Oh, gee. <laughs> oh, man. This is fun, but it's uh, and some of it's pathetic. I know it, but still it's fun. I can't have fun. Come on. I don't want Lincoln Riley to 
cause bodily harm? Well, maybe a little bit, um, you know, but I just don't want him to win. I think he still did the University of Oklahoma wrong, and I think he lied about it. And I think he had an underachieving football team because he had one foot out the door. I think he is a lying liar. He is not a program guy like the Bob Father or Brent Venables or Bootser or Bud Wilkinson or any of the Sooner legends. He is a lying sack of feces, period. And that's not good. Kids, don't make that your goal in life to be a lying sack of feces, please. Be truthful. Be, be a solid human. And it appears we've lost Steely. So we're going to hit a quick break here. We'll come back, hopefully get him reconnected. Uh, but apparently the reception out at Belmar Golf Course uh, is less than stellar right now. So we're going to get him back on the line. We'll be back to close out Steelman and Thune at noon. Coming up next, stick with us. All right, we're back here at Belmar Golf Club, Norman Regional Hospital Foundation Golf Tournament. Great annual event out here at uh, Belmar, and they do uh, so much good in the community, raising money out here. And uh, we've got uh, golfers still out there. We had a morning flight. We have an afternoon flight here at lovely Belmar Golf Club. All right, Riverwind, ladies and gentlemen, over 2,800 electronic table games as well. They have a tremendous poker room. They have the best bars and dining. The uh, restaurant got the River Buffet Steak Night Friday, Seafood Night Saturday, tremendous brunch on Sunday. You have the Coop Ale House Bar. You have Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, the Seasons Food Court, so many dining options. And they've got, of course, the best promotions and the best concerts. And yes, we are going to have a Beats and Bites show Coming up the night before Bedlam, Friday night, November 18th, it'll feature the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. That'll be outdoors under the stars Friday night, November 18th. Going to be a great time. All your favorite food trucks are going to be out there. Bring your folding chairs. It's a kid-friendly environment. It will be a blast. Bedlam Beats and Bites, Friday, November 18th. Tickets are 5 bucks. You can get them at the box office in the casino. Or you can pick those up. Again, they're only 5 bucks at riverwind.com. All right, Parker, you want to close it out with some texts? Yeah, let's do it. Obviously, we lost you at the end of last segment, and we've had some persistent connectivity yeah, this, issues at times over the course of the entire show. One we've had listener, line gremlins. Yeah, one listener speculates that Muleshoe is trying to hack Steely's server. You're being silenced. You're being silenced by the USC mob, Maybe. Steely. 
You know, I, I was talking about the series that we're watching, and right now I, I went back and uh, did you ever know about the series The Americans? It's about two KGB spies posing with their family in the U.S., and it's really good. If you have Hulu and if you haven't seen that, it was an FX presentation, and it's older, but Shay and I, once we ran out of another series, I'm like, I'm like looking around. I'm going to find a good one. I'm going to find a good one. And uh, it's one of the most highly rated series of the last 25 years or so. And maybe Muleshoe, he's the kind of guy, I mean, you could, uh, if, you know, Brent Venables is the United States, then Muleshoe is Russia. There's no doubt back in the day. So it wouldn't surprise me if he had his own KGB trying to keep me from speaking. Well, if he wanted to build his own KGB, the place to do it would be L.A. now, wouldn't it? absolutely yes no doubt about it but like i said hey if you haven't seen that series and if you're looking for one and i know we're right in the middle of football season but like for when you have a chance to get away from football it is really good it's called the americans it's an older series but it's on hulu and it is awesome back to the text line here uh, Parker, Here solutions text line. Parker tells Steely it's not good to have Mule Shoe living rent-free in his head. Well, it's just kind of the reality. I know it's not. I, I know it. But guess what? I mean, the, he's. it's like a, I don't know, it's like a squatter or something. You can't get out, out of the house, you know. I don't know. I'm trying. But I agree. I, it It is rent-free. I totally get it. Just when I think I'm out, he pulls me back in every time. Another listener says, I wish Muleshoe would have cared that much last year when he lost at OU. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he seemed like he wanted to get right back on the practice field, that's for sure, right? You know where he wanted to get after he lost last so. year? On the plane. That's true. I mean, he he left in the black SUV, like, immediately after he, you know, didn't exactly lie, but, well, kind of lied at the uh, post-game Bedlam press conference. He was out in the black SUV and gone, which is fine. This listener simply says, Mike has lost his mind. Well, yeah, that, that happened long ago. That has been the case. It has, yeah. Uh, probably covered already, asks this listener, but where do we stand on Vosick? Uh He's still committed to Oklahoma, still telling Oklahoma all the right things. But, yeah, he was back in Texas this weekend, so might have to sweat this one out. I still think he stays committed. How do you in the feel long-term, Parker? Well, I, I, do I, you really? Yeah, I, I, I think he stays committed. But that's, that, that's my gut on the situation. Because here's the thing. He committed to OU for all the right reasons. Right, he committed because of the relationship with Miguel mm-hmm. Chavis. He committed because of the respect for Brent Venables. OU made the most sense for Colton Vosick and his family at the time. Now, obviously, I think it's become more difficult, and it's quite understandable that this would be the case after Texas starts the season well enough. They've lost twice, but those losses were to Alabama in, in overtime to Texas Tech. So to a certain extent, you can look past those. And moreover... They show up to the Cotton Bowl last week, and they run roughshod over Oklahoma to the tune of a 49 to nothing victory. Yeah, Oklahoma's job was always going to be a little bit harder after that Red River showdown, and that needs to be acknowledged. But as of right now, I still think Vosick sticks it out with Oklahoma. 
Recruiting is so fluid, though. I'm not saying that can't or won't change. It will be something that we will need to monitor repeatedly between now and early signing day in December. And the Sooners went uh, to number four in the 247 rankings because Notre Dame got another commit over the weekend. Well, they got one new commit over the weekend, which dropped Oklahoma to number four. And uh, Akana and McDonald, real quick, you want to update everybody on how that went for OU over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier in the show, at the end of the first hour, right now, Oklahoma remains the leader in the clubhouse for Tessie Akana. And they made quite a surge with Caden McDonald. Again, I have always been a little bit skeptical of Oklahoma in that race just because of some of the factors at play, uh, the proximity to his home in Sewanee, Georgia. kind of always felt like Oklahoma was on the outside looking in. I still feel that way, but I will say I feel better about OU and Caden McDonald than I did before the official visit. There was progress made. Is it progress enough to be able to land his commitment at the end of the month? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not convinced at the very least. But OU did make a statement in that race. So definitely one worth watching. I believe he commits on Halloween, October 31st, if my memory serves me correctly. So we're getting close to the end game with Caden McDonald. There you go. And we are in the end game right here for our show. We've got Locked In coming up next with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. And I, I understand, I think uh, I think Tyler has a Mule Shoe special for you also. What would that be on the menu? The Mule Shoe special. Not a very tasty sandwich. That's for sure. All right. Thank you to everybody here with the uh, Norman Regional Health Foundation, Aaron, Richie, thank you for coming on, and thank you for hosting a great event, and thank you for all you do in the community. All right, we got to get out of here. We've got Locked In coming up next here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref.